Welcome to Glitch Cube, where a game... Oh, god damn, I can't even remember. <laughs> where we ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. I was, like, slipping into that and, like, going back and forth. Welcome <laughs> to Glitch Cube, or... What do I even say anymore? I can't remember what we say. Welcome to Glitch Cube, where we play the dumb games so you don't have to. Yeah, right? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Glitch Cube, where we... Oh, f I don't even remember the intro. My brain just went blank. Where we take a deeper look into the art. Oh, I'll do it. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Because my brain just broke. <laughs> <laughs> we ready? Yeah, go for it. Hey everybody, welcome to Glitch Q, where we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Chris. And I'm Christian. And that's right, we flipped it up today on the script. We've been doing this a lot, so why not change things up? And yeah, get flipped. Not, yeah, not gonna lie, my brain broke completely. I'll probably leave that in too, or some of it at least, because that was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but today is all about chaotic energy. We're coming back to a segment that we absolutely love. We've done it a few times and it's definitely going to be one that we will be continuously bringing back because it's so much fun to do. Uh, we talk a lot about games that have been made and we, you know, do deep dives into them. We dive into different types of themes and things like that to see how games make us feel, what they can do for the community, all that fun stuff. But we love of just, you know, diving in and thinking about what kind of games we would make. And this really, I, I think why this segment speaks so much to me, like personally, is because it reminds me of whenever me and Chris worked together and we would do just this <laughs> during our shifts. Like we would come up with crazy ideas and just continuously expand on them. And then like every so often we'd meet up in like the office or whatever and be like, oh, but what if we did this with this idea and did this with this one, right? Like it was so much fun when we were working together and coming up with those ideas, but we are bringing that back. We are making games again this episode, um, and we have found some really fun generators. We're going to be combining two of them this time. I know we change it up every time we do it, but that's just to keep it fun. Um, so we have a game idea generator that generates an environment, a goal, a genre, some rules, and a wild card to throw into the mix. And then we wanted to add in a different one as well from letsmakeagame.net, where we are gonna be pulling the theme from that generator and interjecting it into the one that we have previously. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this. What about you? Oh, I'm stoked. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I always it's love a, this. It's a good little experiment into just, you know, free thought, free flowing stuff. And it's a nice way, nice little stress reliever in between some of these more serious episodes that we do. So it's just super, super fun. But how about we just dive right in and start that roll? Do you want to go first and roll and let us know what we got? Yeah. All right. What All do right we let's do this. Bam. Bam. All right. The environment. The mm. jungle. Ooh. Like Jungle Cruise with the rock. Oh, and perfect. we got 
only $30 on Disney Plus. It's $30? (laughs) You have to have a Disney Plus subscription, and then you have to pay for, like, the plus whatever bullshit where you rent it, and it's, like, 20 or 30 (sighs) bucks. It's it's a ripoff. Anyway, sorry. Jungle (laughs) for the environment. Uh, Goal, escape. Genre, RPG. Rules must not be seen. Which actually sounds really interesting combining those two. Yeah. Wild card, fairy tale. Oh, okay. And the theme, addiction. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like, all right, let's do a jungle book, you know, like Sly Cooper style game. And then you threw in addiction. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> so what is it? Is it like Mowgli is addicted to heroin, but he's trying to get out? Like, this could be, like, his internal monologue in his head where he's in a jungle. Yeah, in his mind, he has to, like, hide from, like, what the fuck are the the cats in the jungle? They're not cougars, are they? They're, oh, panthers, right? Panthers, yeah, panthers. Yeah, gotta hide from the panthers. I was thinking, like, okay, so, oh, go ahead. Well, Go ahead, go ahead, because I have something that's going to flip this script completely. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so fairy tale jungle, right? You got fairies in there, obviously. You got spriggans. Ooh, gotta love a spriggan. And, you know, you're just this lonesome little kid just in the middle of this jungle, and you're like, how do I get out of here, right? And most of these enemies are too big for you to handle. That's why mm. you cannot be seen. Mm. But you can still, like, I guess the RPG side of this game is that through successful like stealth missions basically you gain skills that either provide an extra chance so if you get spotted it'll like give you a a pro like a little bit extra time to hide or like a special ability like a smoke bomb or something like that right okay smoke bomb or like like a stealth cloak or something like you take a leaf and you throw it over you so like you unlock skills as you go along yeah, yeah, but okay. the one problem is, all right, so, I mean, you can't get addicted to this, but imagine, like, your character is addicted to ayahuasca or something, because you're in a jungle, mm, right? right? And there's mushrooms there, too. So, basically, all the drugs are going to be psychedelic to an extent. Yeah. So, of course, it has to be. Yeah. You, in order to keep calm in the situation, you have to find, you know, mushrooms or, you know, uh, somehow ayahuasca is just chilling there already pre-made for you in little containers because the places you're exploring right so these like ruins or whatever people you know make these big bowls of ayahuasca right and they're just sitting there so while you're weaving through different areas you know you can take some and well actually how about this most of it you're just eating mushrooms mm-hmm. and then when you get to big encampments, that's where they have the ayahuasca, which adds a totally different effect. Mm. So you have to keep eating mushrooms throughout the stages to kind of lower your your sanity meter. I don't know where I'm getting the sanity in this, but you know, you're scared. You're in a jungle trying to yeah, escape. It adds to the stealthy mechanics. You know, there's an extra threat there. Yeah. And the thing is, is if you eat too many of these to keep your sanity down, it actually does the reverse. Mm. And you start seeing enemies in certain areas that are not actually there, right? So Mm. instead of four patrols on the map, you now have 
seven, but seven of those aren't actually there. So if you went in their line of sight, nothing is going to happen. Oh, but you don't know. Yeah, I I feel like you could do it where, you know, if you do walk in their line of sight, your character might make a noise like, oh. Right, and, and alert that the sound, actual guards, right. Yeah, they'll be more, mm-hmm. if there's anybody around, they'll be more alert. You know, they'll start coming over that area. So you have a brief second to still hide. But say when you go to the bigger areas where, you know, you'll find ayahuasca or something, it's it's to the extreme. Right. So you start seeing different things that are not there, but in a sense, it actually kind of works for you. Like, I guess because we were focusing on the negatives of, you know, your character tripping out, we'll focus on the positives. It'll let you see hidden pathways Mm. that you normally wouldn't see. So if you take enough of these, yeah, it might make the game a little bit harder because there'll be like, in a sense, more enemies, but you'll see like an easier pathway that might avoid all of the enemies in general Mm, so there's like a slight trade-off to it and as your character levels up through these different encounters or finding things in the jungle you can raise your i guess tolerance or something like that where it doesn't affect you so negatively or you Mm. can tell which one is real and what's not real nice nice Ooh, that's good i like that a lot okay are you ready for me to flip the script Oh boy. Do okay. It. So the theme or the environment is jungle, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's flip that. What if we do concrete jungle? You're in the city, man. Ooh. Like, yeah. Okay. So think about this. You're in the city. You're a kid in this, like, it, it keeps reminding me of this one movie and I, I have to remember the name of it, but it's a, it's a Mexican movie that I absolutely love where it's these kids who are dealing with like actual stressors and like things like that, like of the, um, of different, like, you know, poverty of drugs in the neighborhood and all that stuff. And they have their own little like escape area, like their own safe haven where Mm -hmm. they've like run away to. And they're what they're seeing and how they're dealing with the traumas that are around them are kind of like fairy tale. Like it's all based on stories that they've heard, you know? So it's like, they're like the, this crazy shit's happening to them, but in their mind, they're projecting the idea of fairy tales to stay strong, to stay brave during this whole event. So what I'm thinking is that like you are a child in a concrete jungle. You're trying to, you know, get away from people, like just trying to survive, right? Maybe you happen to stumble into some like, you know, like drug facility, right? And now they're coming after you because you got something on your phone. Like maybe you recorded it on your phone and the addiction comes from that, right? Where like you're fighting the people who are creating the addictions, the the drug dealers themselves, and you're trying to get away from them and just survive long enough to get the information out there. Maybe there's some mechanics where you have to actually talk to the police and get them to believe your story because you, as a kid you're going to play it up as like the fairy tale right like it it could be like oh the tiger he's the one who has this and it's like what tiger what the hell are you talking about kid there's no tigers in the city right like you know but it, maybe it, like the main bad guy has like a tiger shirt or you know a bomber jacket with a tiger on the back or some it's shit like tiger that King. yeah you know like it could be that right like it it just like kind of like taking the idea of a fairy tale, twisting it and like making it so that it's a escape mechanism for these children who are going through and trying to survive in this concrete jungle. 
of like crazy like gang life and all that stuff. Oh, kind of like the the drug dealers or like the enemies are mythical animals or something like that. Like in your perception of them, they are. Yeah. And you have to like escape these like derelict ruins, almost kind of like a little nightmares kind of thing where you're a kid mm-hmm. and you're instead of running through these big rooms, you're just in a, like a really weird city that's right. like fantasy almost. Like what if at one point you end up going into the sewers, right? And the sewers are kind of like a huge maze under the town of New York or whatever it may be, right? Or like our metropolis or whatever town we're throwing this into. And you're being chased down by a man who has a bull belt buckle. And like the whole level is just called like the Minotaur, right? So like you're going through, you're living through this fairy tale, this this maze of surviving the Minotaur, but it's actually like a real life situation, so, like, you have those connections of the fairy tale and the real life there. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Try and make it a little bit more, like, gritty and real, I guess, right? Like, kind of throw that out there. I like it. I, I like, like that, it. too. I like city-based games. I yeah. always think it's interesting when you're, like, thrown into one. Yeah, and I always like the idea of, like, how we can kind of personify different ideas like that of like the mythical creatures or whatever it's just it could just be someone who has a certain trait and to a kid they're going to over exaggerate that trait right so that's where you get the the fairy tale aspects in there i think it's fun Ooh, i want to play this game i want to play this game right (laughs) that sounds like a good one that's a really good one definitely have to remember that because i think that'll be really fun both ideas are great. I love the drug trip idea, though. That's really good. Because I, yeah. I, I've always loved that, too. And something that I've thought about in one of the games that I definitely want to make is you have these abilities, but if you, you, the, you can use them and they give you different boosts and they allow you to accomplish your goal. But if you overuse them, then you start getting reverse effects, right? Where like some certain bad things could start to happen to you by overusing them. That's so a call out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I've always loved that in games. I think it's such a smart mechanic to put in. Like where if you have super strength, it's like, okay, with super strength comes like super exhaustion, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, or maybe like you continue to have super strength, but then eventually your body will can't handle that amount of like sudden boost in strength. Kind of like My Hero Academia, right? Where mm-hmm. like he he punches things really strong, but the thing is, is that his body isn't conditioned to take that amount of impact, so he's actually breaking his own bones in the process. So I've always loved that, like that. I guess that, like the weighing of the cho- the choice to, you know, use the power or not. The weighing. The weighing. <laughs> <laughs> Love the weighing. <laughs> yeah, All right. I, I feel like like drug use like that in the game is really cool, but I can see why it's not used often, just because it's pretty controversial but i do love how fallout addressed it where if you use it too much it really does debuff you like your stats pretty bad for like i think it's like a day or two you're like it kind of glorifies microdosing right (laughs) yeah (laughs) pretty much if i if i just do this a little bit i'm gonna be good i'm gonna have like psychic powers it's gonna be fucking rad but if i go too far then i got problems right so microdosing for kids (laughs) (laughs) Right, it's kind of like (laughs) just teaching them how that process works, (laughs) or just saying everything's okay in moderation, right? I guess. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to the next one. I'm gonna spin that wheel. Here we go. 
All right, it is popping up. All right, so environment, we have the ocean. Goal, complete the puzzle. Genre is action. Rules is limited inventory. And the wild card is magic spell. And then for our theme, we have conspiracy. So you are in the ocean. You have something that you need to complete. Like you got a puzzle. But puzzle can be pretty broad, right? So you can make it where it's like, you know, fix this the station, the underwater station or whatever it may be to help you get through things. Limited inventory, can't carry too much. But then there's magic going on and some sort of conspiracy that's happening too that you're unraveling. Hmm. Interesting. You're a person who can transform into baby shark and you gotta perform... <laughs> puzzles as a shark and as a, a human to advance the stage but and that's the magic of it like you switch but you have to keep changing but you're also a very annoying baby shark because it's a, it sings a song every time yeah oh yeah it. the whole time you're the yeah. shark it sings yeah. a song yeah you know as soon as you tra- you hit you like you're sitting there and you're like ah oh, shit like i really should turn into a shark uh and then click it and it goes baby shark dude dude <laughs> <laughs> throughout the entire level that you're a baby shark holy crap okay all right so let's say you okay all right, all right. government employee you're working on some sort of underwater you're uh b- 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 what's the a marine biologist right and you're in an underwater marine science lab you know it's games that happens it's fine and during that time, let's say maybe you're the only one there, I'm thinking, right? Like, it, there could be, like, shift work, you know? like Because you have to add that added suspense in there. So it could be, like, shift work, like they do in the science labs in Antarctica. There's only a few scientists that are actually out there during a time, and then they switch in every, like, month or something like that. So if you imagine it could be, like, three people on an, a base for three for an entire month, by themselves, right? With no contact mm-hmm. from the outside world. So maybe it's that, where we have like three main characters. They're in a science base underwater and then they find something, right? They find some sort of like weird fish that's like glowing strangely, like a weird iridescence. iridescence. And when they bring it into their base, that's when, that's when all hell starts to break loose, right? So that's when we start getting these weird problems coming up. And in order for you to get out or maybe like contact for help or something like that, like you have to get the traverse through the base itself. And maybe like when the like the magic of it all, right, is that the base starts to shift. Right. So like rooms don't Mm. connect to where they're supposed to anymore. Like things start like think like really like Cthulhu style, you know, like HP Lovecraft kind of game where like you don't really know what the hell's going on. And it turns out like with the conspiracy of it all, the government was actually looking for that fish or that that weird like what was causing the strange glow. Then they sent you down there without but with just the pretense of you're just going to be studying deep sea marine life. Right. Like you don't really know exactly what you're studying and you think you have a grasp on it. But really, the government has a completely different idea for you. And that's what you're dealing with. And so it's like this whole game is just you traversing through the actual undersea base to get out and while like trying to piece together the actual layout of the map itself. So that could be like the puzzle aspect of it. Right. 
while trying mm. to like just kind of escape this area while it's completely divulging into like a Lovecraftian, you know, like just chaos generator thing. Like it's just nuts. Like the rooms kind of turn into like a Silent Hill thing where they breathe or it's like fleshy. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. even say like this base you're on transforms, right? So like maybe when you sleep, like it actually kind of like evolves into like some like deep sea creature almost like this yeah. like robotic thing. Mm-hmm. It's alive. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the rooms turn in the flesh and like so when you're sleeping, this thing moves and that's why you're kind of always in a different area. Ooh, that's a good one. And I you're like trying to figure out, like, you don't realize that it's moving until, like, a little bit into the game. And then once you realize you're never really in the same place, right. like, what's really going on? And that's when you find out, like, you're an experiment to see what happens to people in these bases because this thing is being used as a easier tool to discover the deep sea. Mm-hmm. So it lives on its own, but they didn't know the consequences of it. And you're kind of like the testing ground. Right. But like by you solving puzzles and learning about it, you start realizing like you're in a thing that's actually living. Ooh, okay. What if at the end of the game, spoiler is you think that you're putting together this stuff and you're going through this like nightmarish kind of world, but really you're just descending into madness. Like you're losing gaps in time where like you think that you're going through a room, going into the bathroom for like for instance, and now you're walking into like the break room or like the the lunchroom, right? And really like it, your mind is thinking that those doors are now connected where like they're not leading to the right places, but it's just you losing gaps in time. Yeah. And you're just going crazy. Ooh, that just sounds like a good like movie or short story. That sounds even better. Oh, that's fun. Ooh, crazy. I love it. I love it. I love we those really kind of things. I know, right? <laughs> I think we're, with each episode we're get, of this stuff, we're getting a little bit better at like honing in on a good theme there. Like, or like a good premise for something to create tension. Like, I, I feel like this would be such a interesting, like a lot of games try and do like that Lovecraftian theme a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like they really get there, you know, like they still have to throw in the game tropes, you know, yep. and it, it takes you out of the experience a little bit like you, you, the player don't feel like you're descending into madness, you're witnessing a character descend into madness, right? And it's, it doesn't have that same connections. But if you hide that from the player this whole time where they think they're doing this stuff, and then at the end, you reveal like, no, you've just been losing gaps in time. Like you've been spacing out this whole time. And everything you've been like thinking of or planning or like seeing has just not been happening, man. Like you're just going crazy. I think that'd be an awesome reveal to the players. You could even have other people in this base that you work with. Like say there's like five other people, right? Or four other people, you're a team of five. And throughout the game, you know, it's it stays normal, right? But as you slowly start slipping into madness, you start thinking that these other people are like, monsters or you don't even see them you just hear a voice and you kind of start losing it and since you think they're a monster you you kill them you know you shoot them and then you think they're you know until the end of the game when you come out of this like psychosis you realize oh my god i killed everyone on this base or they like find you right like 
the the government they haven't heard back from the base in like maybe a couple weeks mm -hmm. so they send a search party down to just check out what's going on and they just open the doors and you're there and the rest of the team is just dead around you right mm -hmm. and like you are like i don't know maybe sitting in like you have like coral and shit around you because like you you felt like you were becoming part of the ship but really it's just you sitting in like the botanical garden or something you know like you just gone that crazy and that's how they find you at the end hell yeah the oh. sounds of the deep sea and against the hard metal that you're in tells you these sounds and voices yeah. and you gotta act on it yeah oh that's good Ooh, I love Descents into Madness. Such a good, good, like, it's just, I feel like that's the right way to do horror, right? Is that Descent into Madness? Because, like, so many of these, like, jump scare movies, it's like, okay, that's cool. Or, like, the crazy outlandish ones, it's like, yeah, that's fun, whatever. But it's not real, right? Like, this is a tangible fear to, like, completely lose yourself. And, oh, that's fun. I like it. You find yourself staring down the mouth of a dark cave, hearing the low rumble of something large inside. This is it. Everything you have been fighting for lies just within this cave. <laughs> hey man, what's the matter? This is your big ending fight scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I've just been so tired today. Feels like I've been hit with like two points of exhaustion. Ugh. You know what? I have just this thing to get you back into the adventuring spirit. Really? Of course. I have a delicious roast from Geek Grind Coffee. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. What kind of brews do they have? They have blends like Dragon's Roast, Dwarven Dawn, Wizard's Mist, and so much more. They have even one celebrating Jim Hansen's The Labyrinth, The Goblin King's Elixir. Whoa, those sound awesome. I'm waking up just hearing about them. Is there an easy way for me to pick up some? I got you. For the fans of our show, if you visit geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at the checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Whoa, that's great. So you're saying if I go to geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at checkout, I'll get 20% off my order? That's amazing. That's right, yo. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for this adventure. Bring it on. Hey, that's a natural 20. Just like the discount you can get when entering the promo code GLITCH at geekgrindcoffee.com. Level up your morning with Geek Grind Coffee. Alright, you want to spin that wheel to give us another one to play with? So speaking of Descent in the Madness, oh. I uh, I was spinning the wheel uh, while you were talking, and I've got a really interesting one. And most of it comes from the other one that we're using, like the Let's Make a Game. Okay. So I'm going to use those four, and then I'll throw in the wild card. Ooh, I like it. So the genre, painting. Mm. The setting, ancient Rome. Rule, leave something behind. Theme, Descent into Madness, <laughs> and Wildcard, ARVR. So oh. we'll make it a VR game. How about that? Okay. You are a painter in ancient Rome who's just not noticed, right? Mm -hmm. You 
no, like your art is good, but no one pays attention to you because they have so many other great painters out there. You're not one of the well-knowns, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to leave your painting in different places, right? To kind of get your name, kind of like, you know, graffiti, like tagging, like you want to get your name out there. So you leave paintings at different places, right? Mm -hmm. And you could almost say that, you know, as you realize like you're unwanted, like no one cares about you, stuff like that, you start going into madness. And in order to get like a theme or an idea of what you want to paint, you have to create the scene, Mm. right? And remember, this is all in VR. So you're like walking around ancient Rome and like, you know, your first painting could be like, you know, the city in flames or something like that. So you're imagining like torching the houses, stuff like that. And then like, like there's another scene where you, you leave a painting of like someone, you know, like that painting where they're like in the bathtub dead. Yeah. You know, you, your character, like, I don't know, killed somebody and to create the scene, you leave that painting and then you place it outside their house or something like that. Like you're basically like slowly slipping in the darkness and your paintings start becoming darker and darker because you feel that you're nothing compared to the great painters of the time. Mm. But obviously throughout your descent, the madness people are like, Oh wow, this art's amazing. And all this kind of stuff. I like it. I like it. Have you seen the movie perfume? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. So like for some reason, when you were talking about the theme and all that, like that's what kind of drew into my mind. So what I'm thinking is what if you're hunting for that color? that right color, like there's a certain pigment that you're looking for, right? And the thing you end up leaving behind is your legacy. And it could be good or bad, depending on the choices that you make, right? So, but Mm. like, if if you guys haven't seen the movie Perfume, definitely recommend it. It's a great movie. It's very disturbing, but he's looking for a specific scent. And it turns out it's the scent of innocence, which can only come from virgin women. You know, that's kind of like the whole idea behind it. Oh, so what if it's like uh, like blood, dried blood, right? Like that's the pigment that he's looking for. And it's just like it, nothing is perfect. Like every time he paints, every time you're painting in VR, like it's good, but it's not exactly what you wanted. And it's like you could paint a masterpiece, but then it like divulges into something disgusting, decrepit, right? Like you could let's maybe you do like a portrait of somebody And in your mind, it slowly like rots away in front of you. And it's like, it's not good. It's not what I want. It's not the right colors. Like this pigment isn't right. So you're hunting down that pigment, right? That, that, that perfect color. And that's what drives you to madness is that search for it. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) I love that stuff. That actually makes it fun. I like that idea. I like that you can pick between, you know, like different outcomes too, because that makes it really interesting. Like you could really like change up your style and to throw in and add a bonus, you know, you could even do it where you can allow the player to make their own painting, you know, not just so it's like painting on the, the setting, but like if you wanted to like kind of like the game pass part out where, you know, you you're like a starving artist and you have to like actually create paintings with your mouse and stuff. Oh yeah. Do something like that. I mean, then it would make the game more goofy, but it'd be kind of funny because you could do really weird situations with your own drawings. Yeah. I like that. Cause it just adds in that like personal aspect. And then, yeah, you can totally make it so that 
it's, you know, one, like you can pick between like the good or the bad outcomes of this, right? Like, I don't know. I like that a lot. All right. So I think it's time to move on to the next game idea. Because that's a fun one, though. That, that was a good one. But I think I got something here that's going to... I feel like we're on a really like spooky trend <laughs> yeah. with these games. And I'm just going to add even more spooks to it. Let's go. All right. So for the environment, we have Cave, which already has some spooky connotations to it. The goal itself is find all items. Genre is going to be an adventure game. Our rules are must not be seen. So another kind of stealthy game. Um, and then the wild card is something spooky. And then the actual theme of it is going to be downfall. Oh. Yeah, that's a good theme. I'm curious about that one. That's a downfall is it can be so many different things, but I actually really like it. It could be like, you know, like you are a like senses in caves, I don't know, like you're a well-known archaeologist who is being like debunked or whatever, right? Or like you're losing funding. So now you got to figure something out and like you have to make something happen or else your entire like archaeological site is going to be shut down, you know? So maybe like mm. losing funding could be downfall. Losing fame could be it. Or maybe like losing accreditation could be something there. I kind of like that. Losing right? accreditation. Okay, so how do we expand on the accreditation thing? Because I like this a lot. So, like, maybe you found something, you claimed it to be one thing, and then it got debunked, and they realized it's not what you were saying it was. You know, like, oh, like, dinosaurs have feathers. <laughs> and so but they do. Debunked, but yeah, so, like, all the other, like, archaeologists and all the other finds have been kind of debunked that way, you know? But I'm wondering, like, how, how do you lose accreditation in a cave that's kind of spooky. Like, where's the spooky element come in? You find out you're not alone in the cave. Mm. Oh, okay. What if, um, what if while you're dur during a, a dig, you're down there and you start seeing things, but no one else is seeing these things, right? So people think that you're just kind of, you're getting old. Maybe you're, I haven't seen this a lot in games, but maybe you're playing like an older gentleman, right? Or like an older character. So like that whole idea of like, oh, he might be going senile. He's kind of losing himself. Like the the threat of him losing the sight too at the same time. You know, like it could be a lot of things being stacked on one another where mm -hmm. like people are starting to lose faith in him and the knowledge that he claims to have when really he actually is seeing something. Um, and then your whole goal now is to find the proof, find the evidence to prove that you're not crazy. And you're trying to go through and gather the proof of it all, but you can't be seen by the things that are hiding in the shadows, right? Because then it's just going to be game over right there. Ooh. So it could be like a, a picture-taking game, too. That could be kind of fun, right? So like you have really to, cool. you have to get like actual photo evidence of what you're seeing. Like that's how you're gonna prove to people. Or it could be like photo evidence. It could be like different artifacts. It could be like oh, there's a claw that got left behind and it's not like ancient. It's still fresh. 
you know? So like you're, you're gathering, that could be the find all the items is you're gathering bits of evidence to prove your case that you're not crazy, but there is something hiding in the cave itself. There's what something lurking there. We do it fatal frame style, right? So when you're taking these pictures, when you're looking at like the relics or the bones, you actually see like the ghostly image of what it once was. and that's why you're trying to be like no this is what it actually was but of course you can't capture that image on the camera and they just don't believe you yeah i like it so now you're trying to get physical proof they're they you know say this what you're finding right it it's known in the history books as like a good thing but when you're doing this you're realizing no they were actually bad Mm. So say you're finding relics of like a civilization down there, right? In the caves. And they were looked at as like, you know, the cavemen. Like they were like the originators of like the human race or something. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, they discovered fire. They made the wheel. But when you realize when you're doing this, no, they were evil. You know, they were torturing people. And they were like, what we thought was the wheel was used to grind body. Like something like really weird and kind of scary. Like everything is kind of like skewed. It's off, right? Like what we thought was there to protect them was actually there to fight off something else, right? Like it could be like a adding in that spooky element, right? Or it's like, oh, these were defenses against a rival army when really it wasn't against a rival army. It was against some weird entity out there, right? And now you're trying to like prove the existence of this. But since you're an established archaeologist and now you're trying, you're kind of starting to talk about like cryptids almost, people are starting to like not trust your judgment anymore. So it's up to you to find the evidence to prove your case. Oh man, this sounds fun too. Yeah, we got some good batches going on. I like this. I like this. All right, I think we have time for maybe two more, I would say, if we, depending. Um, maybe one or two more. So why don't you spin that wheel and see what we get? Let's see. Oh. This is kind of interesting. I kind of like the other one, and then I'll add in the wild card. Because okay. this, this is going to be hard, I think. Okay. So the genre is Metroidvania X Casual. So it's a casual Metroidvania. Okay counterintuitive but (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) the rule is indirect control the setting is a parallel universe Mm. theme patriotism and the wild card is fruit oh gosh how do we combine these things okay all right (laughs) um let's see what can we do here what can we do here what we could do to make it a casual metroidvania since it's a parallel universe, right? And because it's indirect control. So say you you go into a room and it it flips the world a little bit mm. and makes it more linear in that world. And that's how you advance is by going to this parallel universe, right? So instead of having to do like a typical Metroidvania by finding secret rooms and all that, you run into a room and you realize you're in a totally different imagining of that place, but you still have to run through like that part of the map to get to 
the other where you were originally, right? In the normal mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. But you don't have any control over that. Okay. Wait. All right. So we got patriotism too, right? So what if you're a soldier, right? And you're mm-hmm. tasked for this whole, like it's all in one building. Let's say it's in like a skyscraper, right? So yeah. you're a soldier and your your task is to clear the building. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but while you're just like going through the town and let's say like the opening scenes, like you're interacting with the the people out there, you're trying to show like a good face to everyone. And some little girl comes up to you with a small fruit that you don't understand. Like you've never seen it before. So, you know, you eat it in front of them to show good faith, you know, to show that like we're trusting, we're here to help you, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. idea. So, but that fruit is like messing with your mind. So I guess it's coming back to like the whole idea of like, like drug tripping a little bit, right? (laughs) So now you're going through this, this building and the whole time you're getting small flashes of like the drug kind of activating in your mind. So like Mm. the world is like flipping, like you said, certain things like the rules are changing. Gravity is flipping, you know, little aspects of that, like little things are kind of becoming out of your control as you're going through this building. Right. And the whole Metrovania side of it is like you you have to like, you know, you're going to have to go, you know, turn on the power to one section in order to, you know, turn on the elevator to get to the next areas and keep traversing up to the top of the building and continue clearing but the whole time, like you're you're getting like little flashes of like, oh shit, like now all of a sudden, like it could be like randomly, like when you're halfway through a room, like the drugs kick in for a moment and now like let's say gravity's reversed. And now you're walking on the ceiling or some shit, but really like it you're just like tripping <laughs> like crazy while playing. I like that. Or like you flip that room, right? So mm-hmm. say you're running upstairs and then it it flips it so it's upside down and then you fall to the other area. Kind of like what you were saying. Like, yeah. you know, there's it's cert- it activates at like certain times and like it'll it'll get you to a different area with that. Yeah. But I'm thinking like, what if it becomes like an MC Escher painting eventually? Yeah. Like say you eat more of this fruit and over time, like it will make it happen more often. But if you don't eat it for a while, it'll like kind of be very sporadic like say every other like every couple of rooms then mm-hmm. it'll activate but if you keep eating it it'll be like every damn room but then there's going to be like a cooldown where it's like multiple rooms you won't have that power right but then you might need the drugs to kick in to get to a certain area right so that would give the the player the reason to continue eating these drugs or this yeah. fruit yeah this mysterious fruit that you don't know what it is and then like, like it just crescendos to this like weird ass room you walk into where like stairs are leading to places that you don't fucking know where they're going and like weird shit like that and like the casual side of it can be like a very basic battle system you know you don't have to add like uh like castlevania's like stuff or even metroid where it's like different skills like it's just attack you know like there's no special skills it's more so about you getting out of this like skyscraper yeah it's and not it, it about, could, like, it could even be like it. no battle at all right like where you're just exploring the environment mm. right so like that that could be the casual aspect of it where you're just kind of you're roaming you're trying to figure things out and you're, the the main combatant here is the changing of the rooms so now you have to like you're solving the puzzle that way instead of coming at it with like a more action-oriented sense like a traditional metrovania right like so yeah like maybe be like 
inside or something where you're just kind of like running yeah. to like find yeah. things. Exactly. I like that. Ooh, that's a fun one too. That's a good one. You think we got time for one more? I think we do. What you okay. got? All right. So the environment is inside a computer. Perfect timing for Matrix. Here we go. Uh, goal is destroy objects. The genre yeah. is going to be role-playing RPG. Uh, rules is limited time. And the wild card is music. So we're destroying objects to a rhythm beat game here. Um, and then the theme is stolen identity. Hmm. Ooh. So a rhythm game in a computer. So like, do you like jack into the computer like Matrix style, and someone takes your body, right? Like, and now you're trying to travel through the internet in this crazy synth wave, like cyberpunky lo-fi music inspired levels to try and get things done. I like that. Like, kind of like. Shadow run where they jack into like a terminal or something, and you're in this like very like weird fluorescent plasma looking area, right? Like all just numbers everywhere and stuff. And you know, if it's a calming kind of cyber universe, lo fi will play, right? Mm -hmm. And then you know, where there's action involved, it's you know, synth wave just blasting and you basically have to, you know, you you don't know why you're in this computer, right? You lost your your sense of self mm -hmm. and you're trying to find out like who you are and why you're there or even just, yeah, why you got sent in there, right? right. Like you're a person, you find out later on you were a person trying to hack into like, a, I don't know, like a mainframe to destroy this corrupt i don't know government or, or what if you're just like a, a basic hacker who's just like goofing around right and you end mm -hmm. up getting through a back door to some government you know files or whatever and then all of a sudden your consciousness is now uploaded to the internet that way and then someone else has hacked into your body and now you're trying to figure out how to get back into your own mind get your consciousness back into your brain Ooh, right and like the destroying objects thing could be like Little like there could be viruses, there could be bugs, there could be firewalls that are blocking your path while you're traveling through this like rhythmy kind of like battle system, right? So like it like everything kind of goes to the beat of whatever level you're currently in to match the action, and your actions are now like destroying little components along the way, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, I like that. I like that. And then, of course, the RPG element, you can be gaining new skills for better combos, like keeping the music strain like going longer and longer. You gain more points. You can sell those points to then get more skills to get things like that. So, you know, like slow down time or whatever, maybe or like, uh, like, you know, maybe it could be like one of the abilities could be called just the drop. Right. And it's like you actually make the music like drop to like some crazy dubstep thing. And it like sends like a like a grenade out, right? Like that's how it kind of be, and it would uh, destroy all the things that are around you in your direct area. I'm thinking like almost like so. Think about you're inside a computer, right? But like actually, think about like the way a motherboard looks. Like if you lay it down and just stare at it, and think you're like like a tiny, teeny little 
I don't even know what you would call it. Like not even ant, but think like the motherboard is a city, mm. right? Think about being inside the computer as like a world. So Ooh. like the motherboard is like the major city, right? And then, you know, you, the wires are roads and like you go down one of the roads and it's like this huge power plant and that's, you know, the, the power supply for the computer. And basically you're trying to find a way to, I mean, I guess you could say you could find a way to shut it all down and that's why you got to destroy objects. So like, you know, from there you go to different areas, right? So the cooling system in the computer can be, you know, the lake mm -hmm. or like the windy mountain, depending like how you wanted to do it with like your cooling uh, supply but then you know there's also like the graphics car can be like the point with the synth wave where it's just like fast pace like all these fluorescent colors shooting at you and hmm. i like it what if what if in the power supply area you got power line from the goofy movie <laughs> and he's oh, no. the boss that you're fighting and it's that song that they're playing <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> or like a rip version of that you know yeah, we'll keep that. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. Just like a weird little like you walk in, it's a it's all like crazy energy going around everywhere, and it's just a huge concert, and you're just going through this thing, and you have to turn the power off to Power Lines concert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that works man. for me. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be so rad. Oh my gosh, just to relive Power Lines concert again. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that was my one of my favorite parts of that movie <laughs> i love that movie as a kid uh, so good oh man for all of you who are too young to know the goofy movie just go look up power line the goofy movie and just relive that moment and just enjoy it <laughs> all right well i think that's gonna do it for us this week i know it's this episode went really quick and, and but it's oh man we love doing this stuff we love flexing the creative muscles um if there's any other random game idea generators out there if you guys have any ideas on how we should tackle the next one because guarantee this is going to be coming back you can trust that uh, <laughs> we will be doing this again because it's just so much fun to revisit but if you have some random games as well some game ideas out there that you want us to tackle for our next episode please send them to us you can find us on all the socials and we have the links in our link tree on the episode notes so just you know click on that find us and send us any crazy game ideas you have out there and we will you know try and figure out how to make it into a game but with that that's gonna do it for us thank you guys so much for joining in the conversation and we will talk to you all next week uh bye bye <laughs>